Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away. Whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoy Lean. DeCam says, give me that. A pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way. Bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around. Corner, pocket, cash for Lund. Looking forward to the season that is to come. It is knocking on the door with games in the near future taking place. We have waited for this moment for a long time. One squad trying to get back into the postseason in this 2023-24 campaign. The Crown College Polar's men's basketball program. We are so pleased to once more welcome onto the pod the head coach of the Polar's men's squad, Luke Herbert, coach, thanks so much for joining us. Hope you are doing well. How has your offseason been? Yeah, busy. You know, I've got those three kids at home, and uh, you know, my wife works as a photographer, so she's busy kind of at odd times and lots of weekends and things. But it's been really good. A lot of time, you know, with those guys. We, we've welcomed a bunch of new coaches to Crown, and so it's a, it's a lively office space um, where I am now definitely the old guy which which hurts a little bit um you know got the job at crown when i was 26 and now i'm almost to 40 i'll, I'll be at 40 before christmas and and i'm the youngest guy there and the, the longest tenured head coach by over a decade so yeah it's kept me on my toes but it's been really good and you know everybody at crown you know not just me but everybody's excited for basketball season to get up and running that's awesome. Love to hear that, Coach. And uh, I'm going to circle back on uh, some things that you mentioned there from the coaching staff and other things a little bit later. But I just want to start with kind of a softball that we've asked most coaches so far. Give us a highlight or two of your offseason, whether it be a family trip that you went on or something that you really enjoy doing outside of the game of basketball. I know there's recruiting. I know there's all that stuff that goes along with the job. But what what's a highlight or two from maybe this summer, if you will, if you go back and uh, some time where you may be able to unplug a little bit? Yeah, no, we were uh, we were pretty busy, but in a good way, right? Um, I, I got to coach my son's soccer team, um, something I've been doing for, for quite a while. And obviously, I used to coach soccer at Crown, so I love that I still get that fix. Um, my girls are getting older, and there are a lot more um, you know activities that we do all together as a family, which has been awesome. Um, so just a lot of family time in the off season, and that's been over the last couple of years for me not not being the soccer coach as well as the basketball coach or not being the SID as well as the basketball coach has just given me a lot more time to pour in to the family, which has been amazing. So really appreciate that. And then I guess if there's one highlight just away from the family is I got to officiate my third wedding of a former player. Um, so I did that this spring. One of my former soccer guys got married. And, and so I got to you know preside over that ceremony and um, that's always really meaningful and really fun when you get asked to do that. So, And actually, I've got another one. I don't know if you guys remember the name Austin Barton. Um, he was a reserve guard for us a few years ago now on the basketball team. But I'm going to be officiating his wedding on November 3rd, coming right up here. Hmm. How about that? You know, Coach, I got married over the course of this summer. I should have called you up. What was I thinking? If I would have called you up, would you have said yes? Yeah, absolutely. I, you uh. know, I, I like to do... 
you know, uh, you know, for me, when I'm when I'm doing a wedding like that, I say, hey, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And I'm not going to make it about me. I'm not going to make it too long or anything. But, you know, I definitely want to talk about Jesus. And I definitely want it mm. to be a, a faith filled wedding. And um, so, you know, the first two I did, I did coach Singh, you know, my longtime assistant, that was the first wedding I did and um, another former soccer player. Um, and then this time around, there was a little bit more lead time. And I actually got to do um, and kind of undertake the, the premarital counseling for this couple that I married. And so that was really rewarding, uh, you know, for me even just, just to, to walk through that with them. And um, yeah, you know, I love doing that. And it's kind of a, a fun way to serve. And, you know, sometimes when you're, you know, freshly out of college, you maybe haven't had a home church for a while or you've been away from home for a long time. And, um, you know, so our students and, and folks that I have a relationship asking me to do that is, is pretty fun. And, um, you know, I haven't had anybody really outside of my bubble I guess ask yet, but you never know. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I appreciate what you said too with wanting to honor God. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's what it's about. So that's uh, that's great stuff. So me being the person I am, the first question I'm going to ask you has nothing to do with your off season. It has nothing to do with on the court. So I hope you're ready for this one. Oh, I'm always w- ready. I I was going through your bio on the athletic website. And it's the picture with Tim Wendell, who I would consider the greatest player in UMAC basketball history, certainly right up there at the top. But I notice you got a nice little mustache in that picture. No Shave November's coming up. Ryan is trying to convince me. He's begging that I go No Shave November, and I do. Do you encourage that? Should I be going No Shave November? Is it something you participate in? What do you think? So on a personal level, I... uh it takes me a bit longer than just a month to, to get this thing going. <laughs> I, I've actually, I, I've actually on like mustache 3.0 right now. So I've, I've been going mm. for gosh, probably five or six months now. So I, I got the curls going, it, it curls up at the ends. I look like a silent movie villain a little bit is what I'm going for. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm already rolling. I'm, I'm rolling into November, you know, ready to go. Um, some of the coaches, you know, we, we joked about those young coaches. They're all saying that for basketball season, they're going to copy the mustache look, which would be, wild and so we'll see if that you know how long that sticks and how long their wives you know we'll put up with that but um on the team man i would be all for it i don't know you guys you guys probably don't remember a guy by the name of truman shetler and so if you were to, to go over to the to the umac website and you were to look at the umac men's basketball records there's a guy on the top of that list for steals all-time umac leader in steals named truman shetler and truman's calling card was that he grew just a mustache. So no, you know, no soul patch, no, no chin strap beard, no nothing, no goatee, just a mustache every basketball season. And by the time he was a senior, it was, it was an impressive, it was an impressive, uh, you know, lip broom or whatever. It was really good. And so he, he was quite a player. He was actually um, Crown's all-time leading scorer in soccer. He was on the all-decade, the UMAC all-decade team for soccer. Um, and then he was actually all-conference in baseball one year. So, you know, I feel like if we can get a little bit of that mojo with somebody else, I'll, I'm all for it. I'm all for those guys growing that out. That went in a direction I would have never expected, but uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate that and uh, your willingness to do that, Coach. So you somehow, some way, have already talked about weddings a few times, and I had this on my notes and have to ask you. So this is wild how this happens, but you know God works in a mysterious and, and beautiful ways. So my sister also got married uh, this off season, not too long after Wyatt got married. And it just so happens, Coach, that you know the person that was taking photos at that wedding. And so I have to ask you this hypothetical. 
if you were to switch spots with your wife, Lindsay, and funny enough, my sister's name is Lindsay as well, and she did a fantastic job, and my sister loved having her there for that day. But if you were to switch spots and you were to take the camera for, let's say, just a standard wedding, nothing super special, but it's still a wedding and it's an important day, and she were to coach a practice or maybe, let's say, do do a game that wasn't like a – uh, super big spot, but you know some some kind of game during the season. Who would do the other person's job better? Who would fake it till you make it better? You holding the camera and taking important photos, or she holding the clipboard and the whistle, coaching practice. So, as soon as you started asking, I had my answer, and and I'm just stalling so it doesn't seem like I'm answering as quickly as, as it came into my brain. Um, and I love my wife dearly. Today is, today is actually our 15th wedding anniversary, which is pretty awesome. Wow, congratulations. Um, but it's, it's me hands down. Not close. Not close. Um, I, actually, I actually have photographed two weddings. Um, I photographed my sister's wedding, and then I photographed part of you know, the ceremony of a wedding that my wife was in. So she did the photos during the day, but then she was a bridesmaid, and, and, and I took over and shot the ceremony. Um, and Lindsay is harder working than me. She's more multi-talented than me. But in this particular case, she is she is not a sports person. She would show up to basketball game and just say, all right, how many guys on the court? Let's go get them. You know, we, we're not quite sure. And, uh, and I have a little bit of experience, you know, in the photography game. Not, not that I would want to do it as a career or, or be able to do near the job she could do. But if we're comparing it to her coaching ability, it's, it's got to be me. I'm surprised. That is not what I was expecting, but uh, I love it. That's good. <laughs> Honesty was... is the best policy. Honesty is the best Amen. policy. Amen. Hey, and you also mentioned that she's much more talented than you at the same time. So, I mean, really, you answered that question as perfectly as you could have, Coach. So I, I, I feel good about it. I feel really solid about it. And actually, she, she came home from that wedding and mentioned that – and she didn't remember – which one it was. Oh, yeah, one of the guys that does the podcast. And I go, well, there's only two, so it's got to be one or the other. So, yeah, I was excited. to. I figured we'd cover that ground at some point tonight. Well, and again, congratulations on the anniversary. I'm not sure how to feel now because you're spending time with us tonight, so we appreciate it. And uh, well, that's the, what the, that's what 15 years of marriage will do. You're not necessarily going out on a date night. You got to get the kids in bed. And <laughs> no, after I, nine, she's editing photos from I'm sure another photo shoot from this weekend. And so I'm, I'm here talking to you guys, and that's okay. There we go. There we go. So as you get ready for the upcoming season, obviously you've been practicing now, getting ready for the non-conference slate. Uh, and, and, you know, I've been able to – all the coaches we've interviewed so far, I like to make note of the schedule and just kind of who you have in the non-conference season. And some pretty big names on your schedule as well. And I give you coaches in the UMAC a lot of credit for the way you schedule out of conference. And with you guys, it's no exception. You've got a tough slate and you're going to be challenged and tested. And I'm sure that's kind of the way you want it so that you can learn a lot about your team and can get yourself ready for UMAC play, right? Absolutely. You know, we, we've learned that, that some balance is good. You know, you, you, you know, we're not going to the WIAC standings and, and, you know, emailing the top four teams and saying, hey, we want you, you know, or, or doing the same thing with the MIAC. Um, but we, we do, you know, Augustana from Illinois is, is a perennial, you know, really, really good team and, and they're coming up and, um, you know, we, we got River Falls, we've got Eau Claire on the schedule. Um, only two MIAC teams, you know, which I think will change after this season. I think 
some of those guys were, you know, that we've played the McAllisters or the Hamlins in the past, they were either taking trips or they, they were going a different direction. And so we just kind of filled it up with a mix of, right, some of those NCCAA opponents um, in our region. You know, we, we, we were proud to, to compete at that level as well. And um, so we got a couple of those guys on the schedule. And then, you know, two Mayak, two Wyak. You know Webster over Christmas break. We you know we always like to play a couple guarantee games, so we're we're going to St. Thomas again, which is is a great place to go. Um, and those guys have been awesome hosts the last couple of years, and, and I feel like we've given them you know a good show. We, we we don't come over and you know just get steamrolled or anything. So it's it's a it's a worthwhile experience. And then um, I was thankful we, we we lost a couple of other games. They fell through late, um, and Winona State had an opening so we'll, we'll play those guys kind of after Christmas but before conference play kicks up so um, yeah no it's, it's a really good schedule and our, and our guys have a lot of games they're looking forward to and um, you know, we'll definitely know where we're at by the time we get to UMAC play. I know Wyatt always loves to bring up uh, the non-con schedule but coach for a moment I want to bring you back to last year and so if we even go further back for our listeners to two years ago you guys are in the UMAC final you have an awesome run and you fall just short in that spot and last year you have a ton of returners coming back. And we talked to you last season as well about, you know, what expectations there are and what you guys would be able to accomplish. I don't want to fill in any more of the blanks. I mean, people can look it up if they don't already know how your season ended last year, missing the UMAC Conference Tournament. And again, we'll talk about the talent you guys have coming back for this season. But I've asked this to a few coaches, and I feel like you're a really talented guy, as you've described. So I'm going to put you on the spot again. Could you give me a newspaper headline from your seat of what you experienced last year, if you will, from November through February, March? What would your headline be for what the experience was as the head coach for Crown Men's Basketball in the 2022-23 season when you look back on last year? Yeah, so obviously a painful memory, you know, falling short of the playoffs, but as the former SID, I love a good headline. You know, I love a good headline, so... um, you know, something like, you know, Crown Men's Basketball falls victim to really tough UMAC slate. You know, there are some really good teams and some upperclassmen and, um, you know, all credit where it's due. You know, I actually pulled up, I'm on, I'm on my web browser and Morris got us twice and Superior was a tough one. And, you know, we, we played some tough games just all over the place, obviously, Northwestern, North Central. And so it was, man, it was a tough slate. And, and I think... You know, I, I don't love to make excuses, um, but I also feel like we were we were close. You know, we lost in double OT at Bethany, and then I think we handed them one of their you know four or five losses of the season at home. So we feel like, hey, we can, you know, that, that's the top of our league. We can obviously play with those guys, um, but we weren't consistent enough. We probably weren't tough enough all the way through. Um, and then losing Cade for the section of the year that we lost him, and, and coming back from a, a pretty brutal high ankle, and then not you know, really being himself until a little bit later down the line, that hurt, you know, that, that did really hurt. And, um, you know, that, that's been kind of the story with him is it's been really hard to stay healthy, but losing him when he was, you know, D3 team of the week after the first week of the season, um, and then trying to, trying to get the wheels going, we just never did. And, and most of that, um, you know, we obviously look ourselves in the mirror and and as coaches, you always want to be, um, you know, evaluating yourselves first and foremost. Um, but for me, you know, it's a tip of the cap. You know, Morris beat us up both times we played them. Superior, we all know how hard Greg gets those guys playing. And so it's, it's such a deep and talented league. Um, and I've seen it grow. You know, this is my 14th year at Crown. And for me, top to bottom, easily the most competitive sport we, we have in the UMAC. Um, 
and it's yeah, it's it's quite a it's quite a tough schedule. So that that was our our season last year, and obviously we're looking at this season with a ton of guys back. Obviously, you no know, Seth Royston, but um, you know we're really excited to kind of go through that again and, and see if we can, in our minds, right some of those wrongs and and write a little bit of a different ending. Yes, I mean you mentioned all the guys you have back, and I just you know I go through. The names that I know and am familiar with, uh, Masick, you've got Ladd, Bainey, my guy from Elk River, Carroll's back. I mean, Testerman, uh, there's all sorts of guys, JVD. So, I mean, I feel like it's going to be a different era for Crown Basketball when these guys move on. I'm sure you've coaching them for a long, as long as you have realize that's coming to an end. So it's kind of like, hey, this is an opportunity this year with these guys to maybe go out on the right note, do something special. Do you kind of feel that? And I'm sure you don't want to think about losing all these guys eventually here in a year or two. But at the same time, it's it's been quite an era of crown basketball and what these guys have given to your program. Yeah, and it's it's been, you know, COVID was a really weird thing that, that gave us a lot of, you know, it, it stalled us out a little bit when we lost Tim. It almost gave us a chance to kind of find our footing post Tim Wendell in that weird COVID season. Um, and then of course, Cade came at semester that year and Seth kind of, you know, emerged as just a, a really top, top player in our conference. And, you know, we, we, we kind of found our way to play and, and something that was effective. And, you know, that, that class of Micah and Carter and Jacob, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a couple guys in there, but, you know, that class came in and then, you know, you add a guy who just adds so much to what we do in, in Jacob Masick. Um, and it's, it was just such a good group. And then COVID has just extended our time with that group, which is really weird. Um, you know, and even now, you know, Kate is done. And, and I know, um, you know, everyone kind of is trying to keep tabs on, oh, is this guy back? Is that guy back? Is he going to use his COVID year? Um, we know this is Cade's last year. You know, he's, he's, he's got this one last year COVID year to use, and he'll be done, and Alec is in the same boat. Um, but we had a lot of guys that could use another year beyond this one, and we're, we're not wasting any time, um, you know, hoping or wishing or wondering or, or trying to plan ahead. We're just really focused on this year, um, and we're really excited about it. And then life happens. You know, some guys – you know, Jacob's engaged, Jacob Van Dam's engaged. And so I don't, I don't, I think that's pretty much public knowledge. I can say that on the, on the podcast here. I don't think he's going to be upset with me. Hopefully not. I'm sure I'll hear about it if he is, but um, you know, so, so are those guys going to use that year? Are they going to get a great job? Are they, are they going to, you know, have an opportunity to move away? And we just don't know. And so, you know, rather than worry too much about it, you know, we've, we've, you know, you, you talk about in sports, you got a window, right? Our windows open and, and how long can we keep it open? And, um, really, I'm, I'm so excited with the young guys, all, all, all this, this recruiting class we've brought in. They are super talented. It is a really, really good group of players. And it's a unique situation, right? With, with all these COVID seniors, they can learn. You know, they, they, they can do an Aaron Rodgers and, and sit on the bench for a couple of years or, you know, a little bit of time and, and see what it, what it comes and really try to push those guys to get into our rotation. And they're just going to be so much more seasoned and so much more ready when those guys eventually do move on, whether it's after this season or, you know, with some of those guys another year. And we'll just kind of take it as it comes. But, you know, we feel like with, with the young guys, the underclassmen we have in our program, we feel like we can keep that window open when Cade graduates and when, you know, that, that class of guys eventually moves on. We feel really good about where we're at. 
So I know why it just went down the line of, you know, the guys that you have coming back and you're just talking about that group as well. And I promise I'm only going to go back to last season one more time here. But you mentioned what happened out in Mankato against Bethany and how you guys played against them last year. So in January, you guys fall, but a double overtime game. I got to see most of it. One of the best UMAC games I've ever seen, you know, not being there in person. You could call it the UMAC game of the year last year. I mean, just phenomenal. The performances that were put up, how hot Cade was for a long stretch. Bethany doing what they do offensively. You don't get that one, but then you get them on your home floor the next month. So you talk about building confidence going into this season. If you can look specifically back, Coach, on those two performances last year, a Bethany team that only lost two UMAC games, period, all season long, broke a ton of program records, what was maybe different about your group and that you were able to do that against them? Because I know there's a lot of people around the league wondering that question, including Wyatt and I. What made that, if you will, a good matchup for you guys? And then if you want to expound on it a little more, what that means for you guys going into this year with so many of those guys returning for this season's campaign? Yeah, no, sometimes it's a matchups game, right? I mean, sometimes it really is a matchup game. And um, I won't name a name in a non-conference game, but but we had a team we played the last couple of years um, that was a really good team in, in, a, in another conference, um, you know, playoff team in that conference, and, and we were able to get those guys a couple times, and we just felt like we matched up well. You know, they, they, they had, you know, kind of a couple really, really good players, but we felt like we had the personnel to kind of make it hard on them. Um, and, and our guys, you know, so, so sometimes it's a matchup game. And, and I think in that Bethany game, our guys just really bought into what we were trying to do. And obviously, they're two different score lines, right? 110-105 in double OT, so a lot of points scored on those soft rims at Bethany. Um, everybody loves to go shoot at Bethany Lutheran. Man, the, those rims are forgiving. Um, but then when we had them at home, too, we, uh, um, you know, we, we just felt like we could really execute. And it was still, man, it was still touch and go, right? It's a five-point game. You know, one call here, one you know ball rattles in and out there, and it's a different result. And so I think, you know, in a lot of our games, we didn't feel like we were so far away. Um, but they, they really do sometimes come down to matchups. And what I'm proud about and, and what I, you know, love to, to give my guys credit for is they're a very versatile bunch. They're a very versatile bunch. We have a lot of guys that can, can do different things when asked. Um, who can who can fill a role and, and can do a job and um, you know whether it's you're asking Carter Bainey to chase Micah Filer around the, the gym for for an hour and a half um, you know in a North Central game or, or you're asking guys to do something a little bit different and um, our guys have just always answered the call when it comes to you know really executing a game plan and um, so we I just really appreciate them for that so I think just between the matchups and, and our guys you know obviously you're up for that game too they're they're regionally ranked and they're top of the conference, and, and you know they had such a great run. They're such a good team, and right, they bring everybody back. Um, but we're just, we just felt like you know that was a game that we, we could do some things that would give them trouble, and, and our guys answered the call. You know, I'm looking at the pictures from the roster this year, and I'll just ask it: Is that a new uniform with the polars on the oh. front? And the, what, what do we got going on here, Coach? Yeah, we got it. We we got two. We we got new everything. Uh, we're really Ooh. excited. Our guys, our guys worked hard. You know, re- recruit or not recruiting. Um, our guys worked hard fundraising last year, and and we we saved money. Um, you know, I'm out there refing JV games, so so we can save money there, and we're driving vans everywhere, and we're doing that. You know, we're we're being budget conscious, and so yeah, those those purple with the uh, the polars across the front and the script, and it's got, you know, that that light blue that's in our color palette as kind of a highlight, um, and so those are really sharp. Our guys are excited about those, and then we've got um, some really really sharp 
white uniforms. It's been a long time since we uh, since we had whites. We, we've gone with the home grays, um, just because those whites turn into yellows or browns pretty quick when, when those boys are wearing them and playing hard in them, and they get kind of gross. Um, so, but we went back to white because it's such a, such a clean look, and um, so our guys are excited to bust those out too. So yeah, we're gonna we'll be looking good, and then. Um, I'm really excited about, you know, it's been a few years and, and not everybody might be familiar with this name, but um, we got warm-ups, you know, new warm-ups with all of them have the number one on the back. Um, and so number one isn't a number that's that's retired per se at Crown for men's basketball, but nobody's going to wear that number as long as I'm the coach at Crown. Um, and that, of course, was the number that was worn by Keegan Oyugi, um, who we lost a few years back now. Um, and so that's just our little tribute to him. And, and he... He had a phrase that, that, that we would use, um, and he just really adopted it, and it was kind of his, his, his mantra and his calling card. And he, uh, it, it, it went over a lot better when he said it versus when I said it because he was such a positive guy and everybody loved him. But he, he'd just repeat over and over again at the start of a practice session, no bad days, no bad days. Like, you know, leave your attitudes, leave, leave your homework, leave your you know, relationships, leave everything at the door, no bad days in the gym, we're going to have a great day. Um, and any time you got to be around Keegan, it was a great day. So we've got really cool new warm-ups that, that feature his number and then that, that phrase on the back. And so really excited for those and just to honor him, you know, in, in a little bit new way um, as we wear those this year. So, yeah, the guys are going to be looking sharp, and, and we've got some meaning behind it too, and so it'll be fun. That's sweet, Coach. Love the, the thought behind it. That's great. Thanks for uh, letting us in on that. Last question from me. You mentioned – Seth before Royston losing him from the program and I know I will especially miss him at the top of my fantasy team helping me out but he's not leaving the program because he's still going to be on the bench for your squad but you mentioned earlier as well your longtime assistant coach Ender Singh and he's no longer on the bench so what's it going to look like moving forward for your club losing your right hand man who is next to you for so long but then I'm sure you know bringing in new guys like Seth who you're excited about to be next to you what will maybe be different that you will have to change with your role or that people may see differently about the crown men's program this year as far as your coaching staff goes yeah so something that Ender was so so good at he was really really good at kind of being almost a little bit you know the antagonist to me and so he was always the you know he, he'd give the dissenting opinion and he'd really push me to think through is this the best thing for our team and and whether or not you know sometimes he would even agree that it was the best thing he would just want me to think about every angle um, and he did a great job of that he also he also knows me he knows that I can get going in practice and start you know going down a rabbit trail of explaining a drill for far too long and he'll just come over and you know all right coach that's good let, let, let's do the drill let's you know let's wrap it up and so he, he was really good with that um, and and I'm excited to say too that from a basketball standpoint he's still man he's watching every game he's he's up on the track with his suit and tie you know his director of admissions garb and he's got a coffee in his hand and he's watching practice for 20 minutes and, and then he's texting me about it afterwards about this player or about this thing we did or you know are you sure you want to do that and, and so he's always in our ear um, so he's not far away which is great um, and we love him and, and I'm such a big part of the program um, but from a basketball standpoint Noah is I could get hit by a bus and I think we'd be better off for it sometimes. Noah is such a good coach, um, does such a great job with our guys. Um, and, and, and Ender 
has really trained him up well to kind of be that guy for me, to, to rein me in when he needs to, um, and to, to give a dissenting opinion. Um, but they're both, you, you could not ask for anything better from assistant coaches than Indra and Noah. I'm so lucky to have those guys. I think things would fall apart pretty quick if they were to, if they were to leave altogether. Um, and so we've just, we've just got a great staff. And, and Seth, who I'm excited. He's, he's at the school for another year. He's, he's a, a resident director, so he's finishing up grad school. Unfortunately, no eligibility. Um, but he'll be on the bench, and he'll, he'll be coaching our JV team a bit. And um, he's developed a good coaching voice. He, he wasn't so sure. He said, oh, I don't know if he'll be very good at it, but I'll come and help out. And he's been great. So he's doing that. And then another former player, uh, Gabe Rojas, is, is helping out. And th- those guys are doing a great job and um, you know, learning as they go, which, which you do as a young coach. But um, you know, I really, we're going to be in good shape. Um, you know, Ender is such a character and everybody loves him, but, but him leaving, he's still in our ear. He still watches all the games and, and we've got such a good staff on the bench that I think we're in good hands. I'll end it with this coach as you get ready for the season opener and the 2023, 2024 campaign, what's your biggest focus in the practices you have left to get your team ready for that stretch? Yeah, part of it, um, we jokingly refer to a lot of our, of our, you know, those COVID seniors and those grad seniors as, as old bodies. Um, and so today, I won't name names again, but today a few of our guys had the day off. Um, so getting healthy, we, we've got a few just nagging injuries here and there, getting healthy, um, getting in game shape, um, and really just, just keeping those guys fit, um, to borrow a little bit of a soccer term, is just a huge point of emphasis for us. And so, um, you know, that'll be, a, that'll be a big one. And then... Um, with so many returners, trying to layer in some wrinkles, right? Trying to layer in some new things and, um, you know, give those guys some new things that they're excited about to chew on, whether that be some new sets or, you know, some new wrinkles defensively. Um, you know, I think when you have a group that's been together, I mean, for some of these guys, it's three, four years in our rotation, which is wild to say, but it is. Um, you got to give them something new to get excited about and, and to kind of push themselves. And so, you know, the young guys are coming along great. We got some super, like I said, really excited about the young guys. Um, but with those eight days of preseason that we got, man, I wish we had a game tomorrow. I, I feel like we're, we're not there. You know, we're, we're not completely ready. You know, I, I wouldn't want it to be a conference game. But, man, I, I think we're, we're ready to get playing, and um, we're looking forward to it. We're in the same boat, Coach. We uh, can't wait to see you and all the other clubs in the UMAC get things going. I'll be able to do some box score speculations and uh, move along from there and uh, talk more as we get into the conference season and things really start to heat up. So really do appreciate your time and uh, your willingness to go so many different directions with Wyatt and I, both uh, on the basketball floor and not. And I look forward to staying in touch and then uh, hopefully getting you back as we get into the thick of conference play. But again, thanks so much for the time. Yeah, and well, you guys know me, so before I let you sign me off, I've got some, I've got a curveball to throw at you guys. All right, let's th- hear this it. Is, yeah, this is my favorite part of things. So I mentioned our, our coaching staff is, is just a bunch of fun, you know, young, energetic coaches, and, and we had a, a robust discussion at lunch the other day about if all of the UMAC mascots had a battle royale. <laughs> <laughs> who would win and and so i mean man we got in depth like does martin luther does the knight does he get a horse does he get a trusty steed to ride on we don't know does you know it's a lumberjack and a lumberjill i yeah. think they're the only <laughs> they're the only school that, that uses you know a different or, or you know the, the, the we're not the lady volunteers or the lady pollers so so they would get both is that an advantage what does that look like how you know 
what does the Viking have like a long ship? Like, what are we talking about here? And <laughs> at one point, somebody put forth that to make it a little bit more fair, that the superior yellow jacket would become a man-sized bee. Oh my. So we were, we were, you know, what would that look like? And so there was, there was, you know, there were tandem saws for the lumberjack and the lumberjill came into play. This was, like I said, a very robust discussion. So I don't think we need to have that discussion here. But I think for the listeners to start mulling that over, and, and maybe that's the that's the curveball question you ask your next guests is, you know, where do you think your mascot would finish in a in a UMAC mascot battle royale? So I love it. That's uh, yeah, that was you know, the, these are the things that are important to discuss. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, you're operating at a different level out in St. Bonnie because uh, I don't know <laughs> if that would ever cross Wideneye's mind, but uh, yeah, I love it. Is the Viking carrying that axe as it goes into battle and does it have the ship and all that? Yeah, there's so there's so many questions. So yeah, why it's the creative one? He could have uh, some better commentary for you on that, but uh, I, I don't know what else I'll have on that. So again, Coach, thanks so much for the time. And uh, yeah, Wideneye will be thinking about uh, that moving forward. That's, a, that's an interesting uh, mind bender, if you will. Well, don't lose any sleep over it, but I think, I think it bears some thought you know, as, as we go through this season. Absolutely. Thanks for the time, Coach. Guys, appreciate you.